All right, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Behavior Babble with Pam Smith and Barbara Avila. Um, Pam, I am. I wanted to let you know that I'm so grateful that we're doing these book reviews. Um, I I've really enjoyed kind of picking up some books that I haven't looked at for a really long time and seeing the common themes and. Um, just lots of good reminders. There's lots of overlap between the books that we've been reading. But it was interesting because this morning I was thinking about it that it really gave me, it has given me a sense of kind of this whole community raising children <laughs> with these common themes and that we're all kind of learning collectively through the years. Mm. Um, anyway, it's just been a pleasure. So thank you. Yeah, no, I agree. And I have appreciated these are all, they've tended to be books that I've taken nuggets from over the years, but Mm -hmm. not actually done a good job of reading front to back. And so I too have appreciated this um, process that we're going through and just the, the being able to provide someone, a client, a family with a take home, like a, a, a concrete here, look at this list here, check out this page here, go to this website feels very, um, when a family is really underwater about something, mm-hmm. about a sp- particular challenging circumstance, behavior, interaction, um, time of year, whatever it might be, to give them something tangible to just even focus on for a little while has yeah. been um, a good process for many of my families. So I, too, have appreciated our uh, the books, and I think it's a, it's a good driving, excuse me, driving force for our conversations. So I think that's, I agree, the themes running through tend to be pretty consistent now. Maybe we're finding, we haven't found the clobber your head, your kid over the head set of books. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they don't exist. (laughs) Right, exactly. No, but I think what I am hearing you say that I have found out in my work too is that um, it's kind of nice to be able to give kind of a focal point. Mm-hmm. So what's been interesting is, so we've read Self-Reg, we've read One, Two, Three, Magic, and we've read 10 Days to a Less Defiant Child. Is there yep. another one I'm forgetting? Nope. Okay. And it, it feels like each one has its own personality. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm talking to a family, I can be able to say, it's not just me saying this or that this... Um, you know, this is why I think this is a good fit. And if it's a family that wants to dive further into it or have it at home to kind of re- reference and things like that, it's been really helpful to re- recommend one over the other, depending on that family. Yeah, you know, I completely agree. I met a new family um, just the other day, and just in 15 minutes, I was already recommending <laughs> one book over the other mm-hmm. based on where their where my perception of their needs lie lie mm-hmm. and where um the um where I felt that they could feel the most productive with mm-hmm. their energies because they were definitely feeling like they were spinning their wheels mm-hmm. and so where where can I maximize let, help you leverage the the bandwidth that you do have to put to this problem as opposed yeah. to just focusing on it as a problem yeah, it also takes from feeling scattered mm-hmm. of all that, you know, to let's focus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So today we're reviewing um, Parenting with Love and Logic 
Teaching Children Responsibility, and it was written by Foster Klein, who is an MD, and Jem Fay. Um, I'm trying to, I didn't write down what year it was written. I know it's been around for quite a while. The original is 1990, I'm looking it up, um, with the um, rewrite in 2006. So it's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought maybe we should do like a little summary. I'm not sure we've been doing that necessarily, but I think maybe giving a summary of um, kind of what's in the book first might be helpful for, for listeners. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and particularly get into our opinions about it or mm, whatever. Yeah, especially it feels like with this particular book... Um, that is most relevant. I think the other ones sort of had their own structure, and this one oh. does, but yeah. but it's a little bit different, so it makes sense yeah. that a summary, an overview, makes more sense. So one thing that I liked about it was, just in how it's set up, is that it, pretty much half the book is about their approach and some, um, you know, how to transfer responsibility to kids and things like that. But then the whole second half they call peer, pearls, and it's very specific um, situations to then apply that love and logic approach um, mm-hmm. to these different scenarios. And, I mean, they really run the gamut of different scenarios, which I thought was cool, um, from uh, allowances and money to how to use anger strategically, <laughs> yeah. um, bossiness, chores, cre- you know, encouraging creativity, um, even how to discipline in public. So lots and lots of pearls. I think there's 20-something, right? Oh, no. There are 48. Oh, sorry. 48. Yeah. Yes, a I lot mean, of them. So swearing, sassing, and disrespect, which I thought was yeah. interesting. You know, then the, then it's like, I mean, it's it, and it runs the gamut of um, childhood, right? So from pacifiers to pet care yeah. to um, teacher problems to you know, video games, like it, it uh, there screen was a time. screen time, yeah. for sure, one, home That work. one's been covered in a few of our books, which mm-hmm. is nice, yeah. <laughs> tells the times. I appreciated too that it, it you know, it didn't shy away from things like divorce mm-hmm. or, um, yeah. you know, let's see, um, grandparents. I thought that was great uh, that it included yeah. the extended family. So just really, really thinking about the themes that run through it. Um, I'm going to pause you just for a second mm-hmm. to apologize to oh. listeners if they can hear the construction behind us. I'm hearing the beeping and the <laughs> we have some road construction happening up on a close by street. So, so you um, too get to be a part of summer yes. construction. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the first um, eight chapters are really the um, the foundation. So we have mm-hmm. parenting, mission impossible. The, these are the chapter titles. Responsible children feel good about themselves. That's chapter three. Then children's mistakes are their opportunities. Mm-hmm. Next is setting limits through thinking words, gaining control through th- choices, mm-hmm. um, empathy with consequences, and, la- and last, with, it's called lights, camera, parenting. Um, and the importance of practice. Right. Kind of how to practice some of these things. Right. So, yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I agree. Like I, I appreciated, um, oh, sorry. I guess I was about to launch into my, um, opinions of it. Just but one more thing that I wanted to say before we launch into our opinions is that there definitely is, um, a religious aspect to this book. And so each chapter opens, for example, with a proverb, 
Um, so if you are somebody who is more spiritual and Christian, really, yeah, it's, it's definitely Christian. To, yep, based. it is. Um, so it definitely has that um, theme running through every chapter. Um, so you either have to be willing to look past that if you're not, or um, uh, welcome Tran- that and utilize it. Right. So. Or transform it to fit your own spirituality yeah. if you have a, 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 different, a, different, really, a yeah. different faith. or um, Because I do appreciate, for example, one of the pearls is about going to church. Well, their specific vision in this book seems like a Christian church. However, it could be... Yeah, it's your synagogue, synagogue. it's mm-hmm. your mosque, it's yep. your um, community center. It's a place of worship. Right, yep. exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I think there's something to be said for it. Um, and we do know, um, yeah, anyway. The other okay. thing that I would like to say is that I feel like, and maybe this is part of where you were, would head to, but I feel like, Unlike some of the other books where I could see a pretty easy line between what the book was saying and putting it into practice with a person with autism or a Mm -hmm. developmental delay, it was a little bit of a harder reach here in -hmm. some areas. Totally. Um, So whether it be, it it was a little oversimplified if you were to really take what everything that the authors are saying and, and put that framework around a family who has a person with a disability in that family system. I've just been a part of too many families where it's really hard. And so the oversimplification of like, just have a conversation about it right. and it'll be over. The reliance, <laughs> the reliance on a child to be able to regulate themselves and be able to verbally process yep. was pretty strong throughout the book. And trusting that they can do that rather than looking at it that they may need help with those two things. Yeah, I had exactly the same feeling. It was, how would you... It would, it would be harder to modify mm-hmm. some of the things. Not impossible, but, um, you know, like he talks about... They talk about choices within non-choices, you know, which is, you know, when we talk about all the time, I think I talk about every single day of how to give a child um, choice when there isn't a choice available. So just to give an example real quickly, we're going to the car. Do you want to carry this or this? Mm -hmm. So that the choice is not about going to the car or not. Um, But the way that they bring it up is so many words and et cetera, et cetera. But what it did do for me is... Um, I don't know, make me center myself again on thinking about how important choice is for kids with disabilities as well. And so trying to use that potentially as a goal, help our children understand choices might be more fundamental than maybe I'm recognizing it to be on a daily basis. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, mean, I certainly recognize it, but just making it maybe more of the forefront. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of I got out of that. Yeah. Well, and I would say that there were lots of really general themes uh-huh. that absolutely could be pulled and placed on any interaction. So thinking about um, just the trusting that behavior will change. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fantastic. Um, I loved that there's a whole emphasis on nonverbal expressions of love. So how do you connect with another person and show them that you're there for them? I mean, that's universal, regardless of your verbal abilities or any of those kinds of things. And they really talk about that that has to be present in Mm -hmm. order for any of this stuff to work. 
I don't right. know why I'm not remembering exactly. Can you go a little deeper in that of the nonverbal expressions of love and the importance of that? Well, just that. Um, I th- uh, let me. Let me um, Sorry. No, <laughs> it's okay. It. That's a. It's okay. So it was really. I think it was with. It was really on the heels around. Um, the, around the compliance a- aspect, right? So not necessarily forcing compliance, but but when you get into a kind of a struggle, quote unquote, mm-hmm. with a, a child, that there are other ways, like that's staying available to them, staying loving showing to empathy. them, showing it's empathy. Right, yeah. There's a ton of showing empathy in here, yeah. showing um, and and a lot of feeling words, which can be so hard for our um, people on spectrum to sort of accept mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, they over empathize 98% of the time. Mm -hmm. And so it can feel really overwhelming. But that said, to just be there and and you talk about this all the time, just putting a hand on a shoulder to connect Mm -hmm. with a person. That's a not, you know, just smiling at them from across the room, Mm -hmm. leaving them a little note. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things um, don't, you know, even though they might feel a little different in some families, mm-hmm. they're still valuable to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of the messaging that I got. I'm, it valuable was, and even the foundation of helping children change their behavior because what they talk about in this book also is that there's so much about the child's self-image and mm-hmm. self-confidence that um, you're approaching by giving them... Um, nonverbal love messages, but then also giving them responsibility, which I thought was, you know, we talk about that all the time, right? We've been doing that for a long time of trying to figure out how do you transfer responsibility to kids. There was a lot in there about how do you help them stay with the problem rather than giving them the solution. Mm -hmm. Um, So moving away from so much cueing, which is so common in the disability community, autism community, it's so easy to fall into that because um, kids, especially with autism, don't go, ooh, a problem, let me try it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, usually they'll shy away from it and then the parent steps in or somebody steps in to help them. So trying to squarely put that on them and build their self-image that they are problem solvers. Absolutely. I am a person who can. Yeah. Um, the other piece that I really, I mean, I, again, a lot of pearls that we've talked about a lot, say what you mean and mean what you say, mm-hmm. um, really following through. I love the whole concept of, um, uh, you don't have to give a consequence right then. Mm. Oh, I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so often I hear from a parent, well, I couldn't just let them get away with blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, you can. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Does it really matter? Like, is that the hill you have to die on right now? Because you're probably... I mean, it, and sometimes it, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Well, but what I liked... Uh, what I felt like the theme was is that you don't have to solve it right there, but you will get back to it. So if you... Sometimes if we're impulsive in our and reactive in our consequences, they're not... Um, authentic or they're, they're, you know, a child's not going to learn from them because they're kind of out there. But, um, but if you, if you follow up with, I have to think about that, something, you know, I haven't decided yet, but something's going to happen as a result. You leave actually the child in a state of, uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh, which, um, with my own child worked really well because they always imagine much worse than I ever was 
Um, but anyway, I, I did love that part a lot because even as a parent myself, I've been like, I get mad at myself for not being able to think of something right away. Like, oh, I should think of a great consequence right away so that he really learns this message. And, you know, this was permission to go, no, you don't. <laughs> you can think about it. And they even mm-hmm. say, okay, I, have, I haven't looked at their website. I've been meaning to. They even in a section say, if you need during that time ideas, go to their website and they'll have some. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't, I didn't register that either. Yeah. I, I will say that I, I think, as I often do, I read this book on, on the library app. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes the formatting that benefits um, the reader of an actual text. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, so it's a grain of salt that everyone, but, it, but I think it's a, it's, I mean, it's just a rea- realistic approach that some families have to just be reading on a little screen sometimes yeah. in between things. So, totally. um, so it's, it's, um, it, it's one thing I wanted to say, um, shoot, just, um, what else? Can I drop the, yeah. the, the bomb question yeah. that I have? Yeah. Um, what did you think of their approach to timeout? A <laughs> big sigh. <laughs> well, again, I'm trying to, um, I, I wonder if I didn't, oh, let me think. Their time, their approach to timeout was, you, well, well, I feel like, so is this with what you, when, when you're saying like, for example, if you want to do that behavior, you can do it somewhere else I don't want to be around it kind of thing um that is one way that they yes do time out but they also had a section and I'm trying to find it real quick but very specifically on um uh time out and the the steps um that you can take um using the uh oh song (laughs) oh right um so uh so, uh-oh, looks like someone needs a little private time to pull herself together. Um, and then uh, if they, you know, trying to have them stay in their room with the door open or shut. So it's the whole um, uh, giving the choices within the non-choices. Are you going to get there by yourself or am I going to need to help you or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once the child is calm, the adult sets the egg timer for four or five minutes. It's important that the child has at least this amount of time to think. I want to be with the family. So, um, anyway, I just was really curious what your take was on... Oh, yeah, I was definitely... I mean, again, that that to me falls under the umbrella of it's not a direct line to a a family. Some of my families that, and and the realities of the way that autism rears its head for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have lots of families where it feels like, I don't know that it's always the case, but it feels like to them that their child would be happy as a clam to spend all their time by themselves and not be interested in joining the family. In fact, that's possibly why they're engaging the behavior in the first place is because they want it out of there. To get it was to too much, right? Yeah. Um, I think the other side of things would be, like, I have a lot of families who struggle with what they would call um, kind of stubbornness, where mm-hmm. the child is really sort of doubling down on the action they're taking. Mm-hmm. I would argue it's out of self-preservation mm-hmm. and dysregulation. Yeah. But it's definitely, it's, it's, it's expression yeah. feels very stubborn in the moment. And so the whole concept of 
transitioning from point A to point B is just not going to happen. Yeah. I um, and yeah. so I do think it's an oversimplification. And to me, it, it really speaks to my mind is it, it does speak to that. It's a 1990 and a 2006 version. Like it feels very <laughs> yeah. dated in yeah. those moments. It feels pretty dated. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel as evolved as self reg self reg yeah. has been or, um, and even one two three magic, we we had that discussion, yeah. right? Where that's what it some... made me think of actually, because I liked one two three magic in the sense that it gives the child a cha- like this identify this behavior and that you have a chance to adjust. Mm-hmm. Where this doesn't. Nope. First offense, you're you have choices of how you're going to get there, but you're going to get there to right. the time out because yeah. Right, which is interesting because the other times, and maybe it had to do with the age of the child in the example, but other times they do give choices. So, like, when the child wasn't mm-hmm. eating or something like that, yeah, they had choices about they could play and they could eat or whatever. So it wasn't an automatic, you don't get to be with the family kind of thing when it Probably comes to certain behavior. behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, again, that goes, that, that's an oversimplification because that assumes you don't have a sensory need that's keeping you from eating that particular food or <laughs> right. being around everybody else's food or, yeah. you know, some of the other kind of layers that end up happening for our families that make it much more complicated. Right. I did yeah. really appreciate, I mean, I know I've said this a hundred times if I've said it once, which is, a family cannot force a child to eat, sleep, or go to the bathroom. You just can't. You can set up the environment. You can put in all the mo- too. So Definitely. the fact that they really reinforce it and a medical professional reinforcing it, because so often medical families go to a medical professional saying, he's not going to the bathroom. I can't potty train him. He's not yeah. sleeping. He's not eating. And the medical professional goes, you, you are wrong. You are doing something wrong. You mm-hmm. need to change. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, that is a, a sentient human being who is doing their own thing when it comes to those three layers. Yeah. yeah. And you can't, there's nothing you can do. You can set, set, the, up the environment. set, set to, up the environment, yeah. the expectations, the opportunities, the support, mm-hmm. all of those things. So I really, it was like a sigh of relief to <laughs> feel, um, feel like, a, again, back to what your very first comment was to have sort of external voices that it's not just me saying these things because mm-hmm. um, it does feel sometimes like medical professionals aren't on the side you know really put right. a lot on the shoulders of a parent yeah it's true <clears throat> so speaking of the parent I think one thing that is maybe missing from this I don't know if it's missing is the right word but it is screaming <laughs> uh, the fact that parents which is funny screaming that parents need to be same as the uh, 10 days to a less defiant child, they talk about being calm, firm, and non-controlling. Yeah. So in this, they talk a lot about um, how the parent has to show no, like, no anger, no frustration, no (laughs) flustered, Mm -hmm. whatever. And that's why saying, I'm going to have to think about that rather than being reactive. But they don't really go into then how does that parent take care of themselves to be that. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe that's a different book. I don't know. But it's, there is so much emphasis on the parent being extremely regulated to be able to implement these pieces. That's not to say that the pieces are wrong or anything. It's just, you know, I just want to emphasize that parents need support too to to be able to um, be this clear thinking that they're asking parents to be. Does right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so parallel. I mean, like all of these processes are it's yeah. so parallel. We're asking 
a child to, to be regulated and then think and change their behavior. And we're asking a parent to be regulated and think and change <laughs> yeah. their behavior, right? And um, all of it is under this microscope of, well, not a microscope, but under the umbrella of you have a family system that's yeah. really fluid and got a lot of stressors. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you how many times the family, I meet with a family and they're really discussing that there's a challenging thing, X, Y, or Z. And then I think, oh, okay. Was anything else going on? Mm. Oh, yeah. I have my parents in the hospital, and um, we're pretty sure so-and-so is going to lose a job, and we have to put a new roof on the house, and, oh, by the way, I've had a health issue, and, yeah, okay. So it turns out your family system, you can't do it all. You can't. No human being can do it all. I mean, I just had that with my own personal family where, like, at some, like, Okay, we're all going to have cake point. for dinner. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It'll be yeah. okay. It's one dinner. Yeah. And that's not our healthiest choice. Mm-hmm. But we that is what we have the bandwidth for right now. Yeah. I was just listening to um, another podcast that I really enjoy that I'll put in the show notes, too, if people are interested. But it's um, Tilt Parenting. Oh. Um, I just love their podcast. And one of the recent ones was an interview with Dr. Rita Eichenstein. Hmm. Um, and she's done some research on exactly what we're talking about of that. Um, you can't, you know, you can't just look at the child. You have to look at parents and caregivers and the fact that parents and caregivers are going through their own developmental stages. themselves. So you have a child who's born and the parent is having a transition in their lives that we need to be recognizing. You have a child who is diagnosed, they, the parent is having a transition in their lives. Like it's, it's so interesting to think about everybody has developmental stages and to think about the parents are also going through some things that also need to be addressed Mm -hmm. within their own lives to be able to be present um, and be able to do you know, these steps and guidelines that they talk about in Love and Logic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and I just want to go back because as you were talking and the, the concept of the development and the concept of de- the parallel development or sort of the parallel processes, but also just the, the total stress on a, on a family system. When, when, you, when you realize that by taking the, your foot off the gas... It, um, in order to take care of yourself. And when you can really own that that's actually the best thing you can do for your child, that is so powerful and really can move the whole system forward, right? But when you are just recalling it... I love that analogy of the parent taking their foot off the gas being... Can you go into that a little deeper? That's so vivid. I don't know. I love that. Oh, well, I'm just... I, again, I'm thinking about some... both personal situations or even just clients that I have where um, if if you were really pushing forward and and just kept going kept going kept going like they get the diagnosis they put their foot on the gas and they're going right exactly and some families they really identify with I have to take action yeah and that's that's empowering to them but if it's not if it's draining to you Taking your foot off the gas is the best thing you can do mm-hmm. for your family system. To regroup, I mean, my mother has a gazillion cliches, but to to line your ducks up on a, on the <laughs> on the row and shoot them down <laughs> one at a time, yeah. or to corral your horses and just get everybody back in the stable and then let one out at a time, right? Uh-huh. Whatever cliche <laughs> makes sense for you, and I apologize, <laughs> this is my 
it's absolutely my mother speaking right now, but the whole, <laughs> the whole idea that, um, I mean, it, there's a reason that they say adjust your own mask first on an airline, yeah. right? You can't, you simply cannot take care of everyone else first. You can't, you can't, you will die period. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's an over dramatization for you. You're not going to die if your kid doesn't get potty trained today. But right. if you are overwhelmed, yeah. you're not going to get your kid potty trained today either. It's going to get, it's going to get harder and longer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah. give yourself a little bit of, um, grace, mm-hmm. right? Give yourself some grace. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking maybe we end on that note of really helping families realize the importance of their self-care in order to utilize any of the things that we're talking about in these books and things. What do you think? I like it. And I, um, I, I think that maybe what we should do is think about um, whether we can maybe add in the show notes some specific websites or strategies or other books, um, where self-care, um, it's so hard to find the time, but I think, um, that might be something that we can guide people to. Yeah, definitely. All right. And I like kind of the theme of love and logic had kind of a Christian faith, religious theme. So I like the wording of, um, helping parents give themselves some grace Mm -hmm. too. So and take your foot off the gas sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thank Absolutely. you, Pam. You're welcome. Have, have a great day. <laughs> Bye.